Welcome to the Pursuit of Wealth, where the H is surrounded by abundance. Today, we like to welcome you with open arms, an open heart, and an open mind to today's conversation. With the wonderful, beautiful, very talented Stepanka Kurilova. Now, Stepanka Kurilova is a clinical hypnotherapist. She's a women's empowerment coach, author, healer, and host of the Inner Glow podcast, and has sparked a movement for new earth women rising into their magic and potential around the world. She guides her clients through a powerful variety of life-changing modalities, such as hypnotherapy, coaching, and in-depth healing work. She helps women to reclaim their power, confidence, sovereignty, sovereignty, (laughs) unleash their potential, and create the life of their dreams. In her signature program, Emotional Alchemy helps her clients of their sovereignty, <laughs> emotional resilience, feminine flow, and magnetism. And I can speak to the Emotional Alchemy program as doing all of this. She originates from the lands of the Czech Republic, and she currently resides by the sea in southwest England with her partner, where they together enjoy walks along the sea and explore ancient sites. Sapanka is on a sole mission to impact thousands of women and believes that if you want to help and heal the world, you need to start with taking care of yourself first. Having known you for a bit now, I can attest to every single piece of that. It is so beautiful to have you on this podcast today, Stepanka. You are, to me, you know, such a beautiful friend and a wonderful mentor. And I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed a few years back, actually, serendipitously, on the podcast and we have stayed connected and have worked together ever since. And it's really been such a beautiful experience for me. I truly believe it is just this just beautiful embodiment of everything that you do are meant to do, will do and all the lives that you touch. I mean, you just exude beauty and I can't say that enough. You will continue to. And I am just so honored that, um, like I said, that I've, I've gotten to know you and, and be able to, um, be around you because you truly, you, you lift people up and I it just, just by being there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm feeling a little emotional. My heart is melting. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for such a beautiful introduction and such a warm welcome to the podcast. This podcast has got a special place in my heart because I got to meet you. I got to meet Julie. I got to meet Johnny and I just, fell in love with all of you right away and I'm so grateful that you and I stayed connected ever since and so it does feel very special to be back on the podcast here again and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all your kind words it means the world you have no idea well thank you because you mean the world and on behalf of Johnny and Julie um you know, they weren't able to make it today, but I know that they will enjoy listening to this podcast and, and, and hearing it as well. So, you know, thank you for, for still coming on and chatting with me. And like I said, I find it to be a little special, so I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about, you know, sort of where we wanted to go with this podcast today. And it's it, it, it seemed like talking about language was really a good place to, to kind of bring this today because you, you know, you embody, like I said, so much, we can talk about hypno coaching, we can talk about, you know, your programs and things like that, which we're happy, which, you know, I'm happy to get into, but the language piece, I think that that is just that 
really just speaks to me at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think it would really speak to our listeners too. And so when we talk about language, what are you talking about when you say language? Mm. So language, words and sentences, they have always had a very special place in my heart. I can't really describe it, but from a young age, I just loved playing with words. You know, I was making up my own poems or stories, short stories. I had always dreamt of becoming an author and I loved reading as well. Like I, I was a bit of a nerd when it came to books and I was even taking like private lessons that were about language, like learning German language, for example, because I studied German for a long time. But me and my teacher, we explored literature as well in those like private sessions. So I had a very intimate relationship with language since I can remember. But then when I was in my first year at university, and again, I decided to study German language and Germanic literature. So it wasn't just from Germany, but Austria, Switzerland, sometimes the Scandinavian countries as well. And I remember like I was always really nervous when it came to certain classes because they were really difficult subjects. But one afternoon really stands out to me. So as you shared so beautifully in the introduction, I come from the Czech Republic. So I studied in Prague at, um, at a university. And on Monday afternoons, we had um, linguistics and we had... Uh, a beautiful classroom overlooking um, the Prague Castle, the river running through the city. It was just a very epic environment to be studying in as well. And I remember it was like a really cold afternoon. I had a big scarf wrapped around me and I was thinking of the hot drinks I will have after <laughs> the classroom. But then all of a sudden an exercise just landed in front of me. The teacher gave us a sheet of paper and somehow I knew something epic was about to happen like I felt like today's class will be different and um, I knew I was going to really enjoy it and when I looked down there was something written on the top and then there were words throughout the uh, throughout the whole page and loads of blank space and uh, the reason why I'm sharing this is because it was the first time I truly understood the power of language. So what the teacher shared with us is that our job was to read through those words and simply uh, write what comes up for us when we hear, when we read this word. And I thought, oh, that's a fun exercise. So there were things such as colors. There was uh, black, red, orange, green, white, yellow there was things such as a woman a man a people children a student all sorts of different words written on that sheet of paper so we um we were not allowed to speak to one another and to truly go through it on our own and it was very interesting what i learned from that exercise not only i realized that as soon as i read a word there is an association like there is something at the back of my mind that comes up right away. So that was the first thing I realized. The second thing was that some of them have an emotional charge. They have a meaning. 
I have them connected to something that can bring up emotions. And the third thing I learned that afternoon was that other people had either very similar experiences and there was almost like an archetype kind of energy in the classroom or very different experiences. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, the color black for many people meant, for example, um, um, like sad, funeral, you know, the kind of clothes I'm wearing at a funeral. Or uh, when uh, the color white came up, some of the girls were like wedding dress. <laughs> or innocent, pure. When color red came up, for some people that was stop. You know, the kind of color they see on traffic lights. The color green meant for some people go, go ahead, free to go. Or health, healing, nature. So very often there was a theme, but from time to time you would see that somehow some people had a total different experience of that word. So for example, the word student I remember so clearly that someone in the classroom said broke, no money, struggling. So it made me wonder, is it, is it their own experience of mm. that word, right? Is it something they uh, perceive to be real and almost like universal for other people? So this was such a pivotal moment for me when I started seeing language differently. And then, of course, in my uh, 20s, when I started studying hypnotherapy and I focused on different things, I realized that actually language is just so important. It was one of the first things we were covering in hypnotherapy classes, being able to truly pay attention to what the client says in front of us. Because these are the kind of words you then use in a personalized hypnosis recording. Mm. or during that session you um, can connect to someone by simply using the same language right you might hear an accent that's familiar and it might connect you to that person you might hear them say a certain phrase or something and it will create an instant connection between you and the other person mm. so in in a therapist space, this can look like using the language of your client, for example, so they feel understood. And then, of course, if there is a certain way they describe their struggle and also how they want to feel, that's what I'm taking notice of, because that's what I would then use in a hypnosis recording, for example. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding it, is you use the emotion behind the language and the actual language and the actual language mm -hmm. to help sort of comfort and to resonate with each individual one of your hypnosis clients is that what yes. you're, you're saying yeah yeah in that way they are more likely to accept it and feel like wow she 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 understands me yeah because it's so much more inviting if it's if it's coming to you in the way which with you receive it or would want yeah. to receive it. Absolutely. That's such a beautiful thing that you're able to do. You know, back a couple of years ago, maybe four or five, when I really started to focus on language, because I was, you know, kind of like, I was always reading and writing and, you know, I still have a, this folder that I made of all my poems and things like that, that when I was in high school and, and you know, 
But language is so important, but from a fundamental standpoint. There was so be- there was so much beauty in words that I would find, you know? Do you ever read a sentence and you're just like, oh, I got to do that again. And I got to do that again. And then I got to write it down. It's like sometimes in song lyrics where it's just so moving. And so I was really always attracted to words in general. And then I heard this podcast by Mark England. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. And he talks all about language. And like, he's this guy who's like rough and tough and like whatever. And then he just started talking about language and it's, it's so transformative. And so I listened to a podcast of him and he was basically saying words are magic. And he uses the term abracadabra because abracadabra means, you know, basically it's like a spell. Right. And so when he talks about words, he talks about words as being spells. And Mm -hmm. that sounds a little dark almost when we say it's a spell. Right. Uh, depending on how you receive it. But what I got from that was what we say matters, Yeah, you know, and it doesn't always, it's not even just that it matters if I'm talking to you, which greatly matters. But I think what matters more is what's, what's not being said, what I'm mm-hmm. saying to myself and, and yeah. things like that and how, how what we say matters. People don't forget what we say a lot of times, you know what I mean? In, in good, bad, or indifferent. Right. And so thinking about language in that way too, how does that, you know, how do you help your clients and how does that help transform you to understand language to that degree with which I know you do, because I see your poems and, you know, all the different ways that you represent positive language. Yeah. So I feel like the first step is to become an observer Mm-hmm. of your own language like you said the way you speak to yourself what kind of dialogue is happening inside of your mind and also how you speak about yourself in front of other people are you putting yourself down are you constantly criticize criticizing yourself both inside of your mind and also out loud with other people so becoming just an observer is where you start, where you start like any kind of healing, to be honest. And then seeing like, oh, can I shift it a little? Can I say something different instead? And it's so painful for me when I hear someone criticizing themselves all the time, putting themselves down. Like your mind is constantly listening. Your subconscious mind is taking every single one of those words in. So if you are speaking about yourself really negatively all of the times, you are actually programming yourself to be running that same story over and over again. And I thought it might be fun for you and the listeners of the podcast if I share a couple of examples. And they'll be just really simple, but you will feel the subtle difference. Sure. So it doesn't have to be so black and white as like, I'm like really nasty to myself. There can be like very subtle differences of how you can word things when perhaps things aren't going your way, yet you still want to use an empowering language. So an example could be, I'll always give you two examples and tell me which one feels more empowering. So you don't have to worry. That's first example. The second one, you are doing well. 
So which one would you say is more empowering? The second one. Yes. Absolutely. The first one sounds very limiting. It sounds very, yeah. you know, sort of um, low vibration. You know, you're telling me I don't mm -hmm. have to worry about what? Why am I worrying? Should I be worried? Why would I be yeah. worried? Should I be worrying? Oh, why am I worrying? Now I'm worrying, right? But if you just say, wow, you're doing a great job or doing a good yeah, okay, thanks. I don't know why, but mm -hmm. I'll take it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, many scientists believe that our subconscious mind doesn't hear, don't, or not. So mm. it's hearing, you have to worry. Right, right. <laughs> But either way, even like there is not clear evidence proving it, but either way, you don't have to worry. Like that's still talking about there could be a problem. There might be something difficult. Maybe I should look out for something. And the moment when we start looking out for something, we planting that seed right away. We are more likely to attract it. If that makes sense. We're looking for evidence too, right? We're looking yes. for evidence. And you know what's funny? You say don't worry, and you know what I hear is that I'm being dismissed. Mm. That, like you're saying, oh, Tiffany, don't worry. And it's like, no, I'm yeah. real. And now I just feel like you're dismissing me. You know, yeah. that's what kind of came through when you said that. Um, my reaction to the word, you know, mm -hmm. not saying, mm -hmm. of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So almost like toxic positivity kind of a vibe, like, right. oh, let's not talk about anything that might be troubling you let's mm -hmm. just focus yeah i get it yeah so another example could be i am only an admin assistant i am only an admin assistant and the other way of saying that would be i am an admin assistant you know it's such a subtle difference but can you feel the energy how different that is it's so funny that you say that so you know i hike the appalachian trail and so whenever yeah. we're out, we inevitably cross people and they'll say, oh, where are you headed? And most of the people that you cross on the trail, 90% of them at least, are going from Georgia to Maine. They're going to 2,400 miles. And so, you know, you say, well, where are you going? You know, usually I ask where they're going tonight because I know they're probably going to Maine. Anyways. And so they say, oh, are you out? You know, are you doing the whole trail? No, we're just out for a night. And I, we usually hike, I hike with my partner and sometimes my other friend. And I'm like, why do we say that? I literally like was like a powwow with him. I'm like, why do we keep saying just? Because they're not going, oh, yeah, that's pretty, oh, I can't believe you're just out here for the night. Like, why would you? No, everyone just embraces you for the challenge, the struggle, the fact that you're there. No one's like, you're only out here, but we do that to ourselves. And so now, and I think it was this year, Anytime I'm out hiking, I say, no, we are section hiking and we are out for the night or we are out for two nights or whatever it may be. And I take out that word just because it, it just reminds me so much of what you're just saying, because it's mm -hmm. I'm, myself. I'm, I'm allowing you to see it as something less because I see it as less, but it's not less at all. Mm -hmm. absolutely this is just all the different ways we are downplaying yes. and dismissing our achievements like i'm not this good i'm only doing this <laughs> yeah like when people compare to somebody else and it's like oh stepanka's doing all of this but i'm just doing that well that's to yeah. suggest that you're doing everything better than me but you might but <laughs> you're not in the grand scheme of life. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're living your life and I'm living mine. There's no, 
there's no one judging only ourselves you know yeah so like another example i could share with you could be we have an opportunity to expand our company in a new direction and innovate our current products the other example could be there is a problem with our current line what we are doing right now is not working so which one would you say is more empowering the first one the first one absolutely yes like and intriguing yeah reframing reframing something that could feel like a problem to someone but wow there is an opportunity i'm so excited to innovate to expand to see how we can take things to the next level while the other one is like oh what are we doing is not working there is a problem and our subconscious mind is like oh my gosh there is a problem i have done a mistake or I've, i've you know like there is an overall feeling but when you keep your mind open and you are curious you are an observer your nervous system is relaxed you are more likely to come up with new creative solutions mm-hmm. you uh, might feel inspired to speak to someone who will give you the answer right we stay open to that divine guidance mm. and that's such a beautiful thing because you know there's how we receive the words and how we say the words is all around us at all times and how we interpret them you know matters greatly so therefore what we say does as well and so to keep that sort of higher vibration and, and you know that's something that i talk about a lot is because we want as people as humans right we want control we do we often control over the wrong things or or not the wrong things, but things that we actually can't control. And so, like I've said in the past, I think that there's really only two things that we can control and that's how we react and how we show up. Mm. And so when it comes to language, we have that direct ability to influence how we receive anything and everything. And it takes a high level of skill to be a master at it and you don't have to be a master to just start shifting things in your life. You know, I was saying I was sick and I've never been, you know, I, I just, I've, I've never been that sick. And instead of just saying, I'm so sick, I just want to stop. I just don't want, you know, I was like, no, this is an opportunity for my body. This is an opportunity for me to just rest. This yeah. is an opportunity for you know me to spend time with the family this is an opportunity for me honestly to allow other people to do things for me you know and so i truly took time to think about all the positives of being sick and it felt so much better than saying oh, i'm sick in bed i could be doing all these things it's a beautiful day why aren't i outside and you know and so to really accept that as um more of a positive scenario for myself. And so it's just these little shifts that we can make that can be so profound on how we receive information or even talk about ourselves. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And welcome, Julie and Johnny, fashion really late, but we're happy to have you. (laughs) So we were just talking about language and all things language with Stepanka and, you know, we're just going to get back into it. We're going to act like you guys aren't even here and jump in when you're ready. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so Stepanka, so how do you 
for yourself, you know, how do you embody language? Not only, you know, of course we know you do it for your clients, right? But you can't do it for your clients if you're not doing it for yourself. And so how do you really, you know, guide yourself or help yourself in, in, in moments where language just becomes so paramount to your experience? Mm, by being curious, mm. being really curious and observing the kind of language I use with myself, the kind of thoughts I have. And instead of jumping right in and criticizing myself for using this bad word or this negative phrase, I become just open-minded, like, hmm, very interesting. Where is this coming from? Why have I just used this with myself? Like, is there a different, more empowering way of expressing this feeling? And uh, one of the I would say like biggest teachers in my life when it came to language um, is Marie. Um, I hope I'm going to say the name right. I think it's Marie Mong Mongan and she is a hypnobirthing teacher. And when I qualified in clinical hypnosis, I started studying and exploring like different branches of hypnotherapy. And one of the topics I felt called to explore was hypnobirthing mm. so I ordered some of the textbooks and books and I just started reading it and I realized that hypnobirthing is just not only an interesting topic but there is just so much I could learn from it even though I wasn't planning on teaching actual hypnobirthing I realized the way uh, Marie was describing our thoughts emotions how it directly impacts the body that was just mind-blowing I loved it and I read her book like three times already and I recommended it to different people and what I loved the most was her chapter on language and how she invites doctors and professionals and nurses and midwives and expecting moms to use different kind of language when it comes to labor, the word labor itself, right? That what it means is like, it will be hard. Mm -hmm. Labor means it will be hard work and, you know, it will be painful. It won't be easy for you. So instead of using the word la labor, you would use birth. Instead of saying failure to progress, you would say slowed birth. Or you could say contract, uh, cont contraction is a surge, surge of energy mm. or a wave. And all of a sudden, like expecting mums started feeling differently. It's more empowering. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Something bad is happening. Instead of saying a complication right the word itself is very emotional there is a complication you could say special circumstance and that just felt so empowering to me when I was reading how she speaks to her clients to her students instead of saying um, delivery you would say birthing instead of saying pain you could say pressure or sensation and I started writing different examples of how I can use the same technique with the kind of words I use myself. So I feel like you've already mentioned it, Tiffany, that instead of saying a challenge or, or a problem, you could reframe it into an opportunity. Mm. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, what a mistake, 
what a learning experience. <laughs> or instead of seeing something as a failure, you could see it as a stage of success. Like I'm just, you know, learning, I'm experiencing things instead of seeing something as a limitation, it could be an innovation. Problem solving, solution creating. Do, do you see where I'm going? Like we can be playful. We can come up with our own words and expressions. I think that that is, yeah, that's such a beautiful thing. It really is. And when you were talking about the birth, which is very near and dear to my heart, if I, the way, no. Okay. What you're talking about is such a different experience that I would have had than the experience that I had, which was complications, which was, you know, all of these truly traumatizing uh, birthing for me was a very traumatizing event so much so that I actually thought I was going to die that night. And I didn't really have a chance to connect mm -hmm. with my daughter when I first had her because I was like, well, there's no point. I'm going to die tonight. Literally thought that because oh, everything was so hard and I felt so drained and there's no support. There's, there's a lacking of support for women. I don't know about other countries, but certainly I can speak to the U S and there's a lack of support there. So first and foremost, thank you for just illuminating that for us, because that is such a powerful thing. And I think anyone who has had a baby will totally identify with that and be like, wow, my experience could have been much different had the words just been shifted. And so that is just such a beautiful thing in general. But I love what you talk about curiosity. That's a word that I've just been so attracted to this year because it's all just about being curious. And it's not limiting ourselves to say, well, you did that wrong, Tiffany. You, you said that wrong. You weren't supposed to say that. Why did I say that? What could happen differently next time? How can I use my words to love more? Inner and outwards, you know? And being attracted to the way things work, especially and just having that curious mind really does help keep you open and so much able to experience other people's experiences as well. Just being curious, you know? And so I love what you're talking about with that, but truly there's so many different shifts. One of my favorite shifts that I've, I've learned as of late was, but. So it's like, Stepanka, I really love your sweater, but Last week, the one you were wearing was really nice. You know, wait a minute. So you're saying that you like, you complimented me, but then you're taking it away. Mm -hmm. And we can look at that in any scenario. And so now I've done my best to just eradicate butt as those little mm -hmm. cliff words. It's, I love your sweater and I love the one you wore last week. Yeah. And so changing butt with and can be so impactful and it's such a subtle, subtle shift. It is, but it makes you pay so much closer attention to what you're actually saying. And right. I, I like this whole conversation because, you know, in my, in my corporate days, words are so powerful and I don't think people really appreciate how powerful they are, um, least of all ourselves, because self-flagellation, uh, recovering <laughs> person here. Um, but, but I, I work on that with my clients a lot too, because just having that subtle shift in language can, can completely open up a whole new world of possibilities. It can change your energy. It can change your attitude about things. And I, I've been accused a little bit of being too Pollyanna-ish for saying, oh, but that's not realistic. Well, what is realistic? 
I mean, does it change the reality of the situation? No, it doesn't. But it changes what the potential outcome is because it's like looking at a different side of a, of a geometric object, right? I mean, it looks different from every perspective. And so when we allow ourselves to open up and have that shift, and I've been doing a lot of this inner work myself because I've heard myself saying a lot, oh, I got to do this, or what? why can't I get that? You know, if mm -hmm. I could trust, I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop, you know, cancel. So, yeah, I love this. And having like Sapanka did, and, and you guys missed it, but when she, you were first talking, she just gave scenarios of what mm -hmm. feels better. And I think that that's so profound from that curious space to sort of allow that for ourselves. I hate the cold or I'm not used to the cold yet. <laughs> you know, they have very different meanings, you know? And so just kind of allowing ourselves that space to be curious and have that, well, how can I say that differently? How does one make me feel versus this one make me feel? You know, and so just having that open curiosity towards it, I think is just and, such and where does it where does that come from? Ask just ask that question. Where is this coming mm -hmm. from? And why do I feel that way? Right. Right. I was a I was a very much an anti-cold person and I decided, okay, I'm gonna give winter a purpose. So I decided to learn things I could do in the winter, like snowshoeing and hiking, and you know, then all of a sudden it was fun. So, you know, yeah. there's so much beauty in it. This morning it was 6.30 and my partner's like, oh, I can't get up in the dark. And me, I'm like, I love it because it's so cozy. And just having me opening my eyes and allowing it to be dark and knowing that feeling of just coziness, you're in blankets mm -hmm. and it feels so nice. And then you have the person next to you going, oh, I can't stand this, you know? And it's just, it's such a funny thing that we're both receiving it. Not to say that, that she's receiving it wrong, right? But perhaps having a different outlook towards it would allow for an easier time of getting up out of bed. Like finding that beauty or finding that reason, you know, can just, can help us shift within ourselves. Well, Sispanka, if I can um, just kind of reflect on our conversation since I've been spending the last probably six months in the meditation space, taking meditation mm -hmm. classes, um, what we're often shown is to be aware of our thoughts, our feelings, and our body sensations, rather than trying to change it, push it away, or reflect on the the deeper side and, and our mental scape. How do you find that balance between becoming aware, embracing that, nurturing it, um, if you know Terbrock, which I'm sure you do, uh, with the rain, um, as well as other modality like anchoring that feeling or anchoring a new programming, how do you shift from that awareness to then reprogramming with your clients um, and with your own experience? Mm, such a lovely question. I'm enjoying this conversation so much, by the way. Thank you for having me again. So I feel like everything like myself and Tiffany shared at the start of the episode starts with awareness. Like we can't actually do the healing or integration of any of those shift, shifts without being aware of our patterns, of our thoughts. And I really feel like there is a healthy balance. We've got to give ourselves time and space to process what's real for us. 
accepting it, but also knowing that all of my feelings and even my thoughts are valid. Like I can have them. I can have those thoughts if I want to. I can feel those emotions. There is like nothing wrong with me. So almost like taking away all of that stigma and shame and guilt around having the so-called negative feelings, negative thoughts, and just knowing that I'm a human, I'm having a human experience, and this is part of that journey. I can really give myself grace right now and accept it, see how I can move through it in that moment. So if let's say I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm actually really angry. I'm so pissed off. Okay, what can I do right now? Can I move my body in a certain way? Can I support myself? Do I have a friend who I can call and just ask, like, can you hold space for me? Like, I've got to get this off my chest. And then I feel that's when the integration comes in. Once the emotions aren't as intense and heightened, I can actually look back reflect, see what I've learned and see how I want to be doing things from this point onwards, how I can be supporting myself in bridging from this place to the other place. And specifically with language, I feel it starts with with just small, tiny little steps. Okay, maybe I can be just overall nicer to myself when I'm thinking about myself, when I'm speaking about myself. Maybe when someone gives me a compliment instead of saying, oh, this thing, that's such a cheap jumper. I've had it for years. I'll just say, thank you. And I stay quiet, right? So it is literally the tiny little steps and choices we make every single day that one time in the future, you look bad back and you're like oh my gosh I have changed so much like things have shifted it's always in hindsight when we are able to see that progress we had made I think that that's so beautiful and also it is hindsight right and so if we want to look for evidence it's always going to be there and so what evidence are you seeking are you seeking evidence that you haven't grown then you won't you're going to find it or are you seeking evidence and are you curious to see the ways that you have grown or that, you know, one scenario, wow, I really did that differently this time. Wow. That is amazing. You know, and really kind of honoring that and celebrating that for ourselves. It kind of goes to what you're talking about, you know, your emotion and being angry, being angry doesn't mean you're wrong or bad. Being angry is just an emotion. And so honoring that, figuring out what's next offers us that control and then the ability to just move through it, which then offers us that time for reflection where we can see what we did and learn from it. Right. And, and, yeah. and grow from that. And so really having that space, space to do that is, is such a beautiful thing. And anyone can do it. Anyone can start today, just subtly shifting, you know, what you say mostly to yourself mm-hmm. i mean would you would you suggest that that's a, the best place to start yeah absolutely and i feel like one of the biggest traps is i can't mm. i can't do something and i feel we use it because we don't actually want to say i don't want to do this right 
So it's a very disempowering phrase when you think about it. Um, it's like, I am not able, like I don't have the ability to do this or I'm not smart enough to do this or I can't organize my time to do this. But actually very often what we really mean is no, I don't want to do this thing <laughs> or I'm choosing not to. So I feel like that's an invitation for all of us to become aware of when we say the phrase, I can't. Is it I can't or is it that I am not willing to? I don't want to. I choose not to. Mm. That's so interesting. I've been using I choose in a lot of different ways now to give my, because I have that power. We all have the power of choice and whatever yeah. we say yes to means we're saying no to other things. And that's okay mm -hmm. because we can't say yes to everything. Nor do we but want I, to. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, that's part of the reason that a lot of us end up all burnt out, right? That's because right. Because we don't exercise our no muscles and they're atrophied to where we can't use them anymore. We don't know how to use them anymore. And I, <clears throat> I love what you're talking about, shifting the energy, because I look at energy as... Um, or emotion as energy in motion. And a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to feel the feelings and they will actually pass through us if we allow them to do that or if we move our body in a way that, that helps that energy move instead of just sitting and ruminating the way we often do. Because I think a lot of times we don't want to feel the ick. There's beauty in it. There's, There's beauty growth. in it. And part of being human is sometimes feeling the ick to, yeah. to understand why it's there and, and what to do about it. As long as the ick isn't when you stick your finger in something that you yeah, didn't know no, was no. there. That's a totally different ick. Um, <laughs> Stepanka, speaking of emotions and what Julie just said, uh, when do you have plans for your next emotional alchemy course? Yes, the email... It's coming out actually later on this afternoon. Uh, the, next, <laughs> the next round is starting halfway through November. It will be another live round. So new information, new modules. And I just cannot wait. Like I feel every time I run the program, this will be, I think, the fifth time I'm running it live. So um, I feel like I go deeper into my own teachings, into the things I share. So I, yeah, it's starting very, very soon and, and it will end um, before Christmas. It's a four week thing again, two modules per week. And oh my gosh, yeah, I get excited. It's like October, November is like emotional alchemy time for me. It's getting darker and we go within and we look at our emotions. And I actually love that I always run it before Christmas. Mm, that is such a beautiful thing. And I can tell you from having taken the course that if any of this resonates with you, you will not be disappointed. Stefanka's work is so beautiful in every way and you could be in a class with her with 25 people and you will feel like you were the only one and I appreciate that about you so much you have such an ability to hold space for your clients for your friends you know in every way so join her emotional alchemy if you wear it if this at all resonates with you, I trust that it is just such a beautiful use of your time and space to really just help cultivate what's already ignited within you, because if it resonates, it means that it's already sparked in there. And so, you know, allowing yourself that self-care and that opportunity to work with Stepanka on that level, oh, you won't forget it. 
you won't regret oh it. Oh my gosh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate this. Yeah, well, thank you. So what would you say as we wrap up here? And we'll get, we'll link all of, we'll link that emotionality, if that's okay with you, into the show notes and any of your other programs that you would want and any other ways to work with you because you want to work with this woman. And um, so what would you say is your, is your three, three best ways to impart our listeners with some language shifts? Mm-hmm. So I would say um, the word try. Mm-hmm. I will try. I'll try. I'll give it a go. Right. <laughs> right. So that in itself, that's there is no commitment. You're not actually sure. You are not declaring that you will actually do it. So whenever you catch yourself using the word try, decide. Do I actually want to do it? No. All right. Don't even say it then. And just own your no. Own that you don't want to be doing this thing, like Julie said, right? And if you want to do it, but you're not sure, will I be able to do it? Like, am I good enough to accomplish this thing? Then say, I'm going to. I will. I commit to this thing. It, it is a subtle shift, but you can feel it. Just by saying it like you feel it in your body, there is a whole different energy. The other thing is the very sneaky phrase, I haven't got the time. (laughs) (laughs) So again, so I'm choosing to prioritize different things and that's okay. Or I'll make the time. Like we all have the same amount of time. So we get to decide how we use it and the third thing is i must i have to that is just not good for your body because every time you say to yourself i've got to do this or i must do this thing your subconscious mind is hearing oh there is something or someone outside of me telling me I've got to do this. Mm -hmm. So it's how our subconscious mind perceives must or have to. It's almost like, well, I'm powerless here. I can't decide. I have to do it. There is someone out there telling me I've got to do it. In that moment, your body starts resenting the task, the thing you want to do. And I honestly had incredible results with clients just by using this, this technique avoiding must and saying i am choosing to i don't want to i can do this and clients who had struggled with procrastination for months on had a rapid shift just by reframing things and you could literally start with simple things such as house chores i have to do the dishes do you really like (laughs) is there someone with a gun standing (laughs) next to you telling you you've got to do the dishes or is it that you are choosing to do the dishes or you are not choosing to do the dishes? <laughs> that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. And we are so honored to have you on for, for a second time. And, you know, in, in, just what you say about your ability to or your, your, your want to, you know, help thousands of women. Well, 
I guess, Sapanka, you'll probably be over a million by the time you're done. Oh, my gosh. You are just too kind. <laughs>